Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass. Or play call. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. Because there's never an off day in the greatest sports city on earth. Here are the biggest stories and everything else you need to know from the new title town. It's Breaking Boston with Andy Hart and Nick Fitzy Stevens. Whoever it was that didn't write back to Geno Smith obviously does not have the address of Drew Locke either because Geno Smith's backup put on a fourth quarter performance for the ages Monday night against the visiting Philadelphia Eagles in the rain. What a dramatic scene. If you stayed up, if you made it because maybe you had fantasy implications, you're an Eagles fan, a Hawks fan, or like me, you fell asleep on the sofa and woke up this time miraculously just in time to catch the end of the game. It was a hell of a finish. It was a hell of a game, but I'd actually rather have stuck around for the finish because the rest of the game wasn't great, but it doesn't need to be because the ending was awesome. Drew Locke with a 30-yard dime over the head of James Bradbury. He, of course, of the penalty at the end of Super Bowl 57 that everybody remembers to Jackson Smith and Jigba for the touchdown. It was a 92-yard drive to cap the game and get the Seahawks a much-needed win to stay alive in the NFC playoff race. Uh, snapping a four-game losing streak as well, Hart, whereas the Eagles are now on a three-game losing streak. And that wasn't the only great pass of the of the drive as well. You had the sideline dime to DK Metcalf, who put on his big boy pants in clutch time as well. And we begin breaking Boston here today, Tuesday, December 19th, 2023, wrapping up Week 15 in the NFL. Dare I say, the two most entertaining games are basically from Saturday to Monday night, the, the the bookends of the weekend. You had the Bengals and Vikings affair, two backup quarterbacks, Jake Browning versus Nick Mullins, proved to be a thoroughly engaging affair that went to overtime with the Bengals squeaking out their third consecutive win. And then you have the unlikeliest of comebacks led by Drew Locke against a team that used to be the front runner in the NFC and now is struggling to hold on to their division lead and may ultimately be a wild card in the form of the Eagles, who happen to be defensively coordinated by a former offensive coordinator. A curious choice for the Eagles in one Matt Patricia. That's a, that's a hell of a finish. Uh, yeah, Drew Locke is just so damn likable. You watch his post-game interview, and I would urge anybody to go watch it with Lisa Salters. Um, I said to you off-air, the most um, enjoyable post-game interview since I watched Geno Smith talk about mm-hmm. people not writing back. Um, I don't know what it is about these uh, sort of backup, journeyman, long-time, sideline quarterbacks that win games in Seattle. 
Um, but Drew Locke was just we, you know, we tend to mock this year. Oh, 55th backup quarterback. Oh, great. I get to watch another backup quarterback, blah, blah. Like we and, and I don't blame us. You know, we're doing what we do. We want to see the best. We want to see the stars and the starters. Mm -hmm. But then you forget Drew Locke works every day, every minute, every practice to have this opportunity that he's given. And when he succeeds, like he said, human nature, he started to wonder if he could even do it anymore. It'd been so long since he played. Are you still that guy? And then he got out there. He's like, wait a minute, I can still. And, and then he wins a game on a throw like that where you have, if you were watching the Manning cast, Peyton and Eli Manning basically jump out of their little boxes on the TV screen for like, oh my God, that's what a catch, what a, what a throw. And and that's why you watch sports. That's why sports are so, and I'll always say this, this is why they pay billions of dollars, not not because on the the promotional end, oh, we got a we got a sick Jalen Hurts versus Drew Locke. Whew, the ratings are gonna be right. No, no, no. It's because it's unscripted, it's unpredictable, you never know. And the next morning, everyone's talking about what they saw at the end of Monday night football, which then fuels the next Monday night football game and the idea that this is appointment television must mm -hmm. see television because you never know who the star is going to be who the guy that stands up like what history you might see even when it's backup quarterbacks in this year of the backup quarterback yeah that was uh his first game winning drive in 1142 days he hadn't really started he lost out on the starting quarterback job when he was apart uh going from denver to seattle in yep. the russell wilson trade so the guy basically just has been on the shelf on ice for the last couple of years. No one is saying that he's the greatest of shakes. This isn't going to turn into him getting a, you know, four year, $150 million deal somewhere else to start next year. It's just that it was awesome theater. Uh, so let's see, got the ball down four points with under two minutes left, led the team on a game winning 90 plus yard touchdown drive, capped it off with the 25 yard plus touchdown pass. The last NFL quarterback to do that was Brett Favre on September 20th, 1992. See? The last game he ever came off the bench. Oh, see now, there you go. Now I'm going to have to be all hyperbolic and say Drew Locke is the new Brett Favre. MVPs awesome. and Super Bowls to come. It was, and and of course, sadly, there'll be scandals. There'll be a, there'll be an addiction problem. There'll be, but there'll be right. genes. Nick picks. Uh, yeah. <laughs> That's all right. Uh, hey, you know what's what's a little JPEG amongst friends? So that was great. Um, ask you this though: What was the best pass of the weekend? Speaking of backup quarterbacks, nobody expected to see lead game-winning drives once again. What was the best pass of the weekend? Was mm. it Jake Browning to Tyler Boyd? down the sideline, an absolute seed on the run to set up the game-winning field goal. Was it the Drew Locke pass over Bradbury to Smith and Jigba for the win? Or was it, I'm not sure if you happen to see this one, Sunday, old man Flacco, who I absolutely, if it were not for DeMar Hamlin and his miraculous human comeback story, Joe Flacco would win comeback player of the year by a mile to go from auditioning for TV shows and basically looking for a job sitting around the house a month and a half ago to now leading comeback wins on the Sunday stage time and again. The throw that he made on the run between two defenders to Amari Cooper for the game-tying touchdown in the fourth quarter after he had previously thrown a pick six was stunning. Like, it was legitimately one of the best football passes I've ever seen. And really? I know we were mired in the Patriots Chiefs well, option four, you don't forget option four, which is um, Bailey Zappi's first throw of the second half to Willie Gay. That was a really oh, good throw. What a dime that was. Right. Uh, when, Billy, when Bailey Zappi was like, this Superman suit is too tight. Let me just take this off. 
<laughs> I'm gonna go. I'm gonna walk around in my underwear. I yeah. like the Drew Lock throw because that, that like yeah. just the route, the throw, the like the spot. That's a really good throw. But we're seeing it all around the league again. You know these backup quarterbacks, and I always get back to its consistency. Can Drew Lock do this all the time? Probably not. That's why he's Drew Lock, a journeyman backup quarterback, instead of Drew Lock, a starting quarterback, because he's physically gifted. Like when he oh, came yeah. into the league, people were comparing him. Like, oh, he's got a little Aaron Rodgers to his game. He's got some athleticism. Mm. Can throw off platform. Blah blah mm-hmm. blah. <laughs> Excuse me. Um, these guys have talent. Obviously, Joe Flacco is in a different category he's on the back end the retirement backup kind of guy and but you know this is fun and and i then i take it and i take it the next step further like teams okay jalen hurts is sick flies out separately to seattle not gonna play plays clearly was laboring out Mm -hmm. there everything you saw him do was a struggle yeah, um, didn't have his, his a lot of underthrows. Like the game ends. Yep. The game also ends by two uh, interceptions by this safety cornerback hybrid by the name of Love for Seattle, who was all over the place. That guy was awesome. And that but last pick Eagles, was tremendous. The Eagles are now sort of like, huh? How good are the Eagles? Is this just because he's hurt? You're, they're making changes, as you alluded to, defensively. Matt Patricia taking over the play calling duties on the sideline for them defensive Mm -hmm. defensively. I got to clarify. You never know with him. It could be offense, defense, special teams. Who knows? He's so man of many trades and talents. Good coaches, a good coach as somebody once idiotically said. Um, But it's now like who who's good. The bills are suddenly churning. The bills dominate the Cowboys because the Cowboys do what the Cowboys do just about, you know, when they're supposed to be like proving themselves as elite, proving themselves as a true Super Bowl contender they go get run over by the Buffalo Bills, literally run over James Cook and company run for 257 yards. 49ers chug right along or the 49ers is the best team in football. It's like mm-hmm. we keep playing this late season, mid season game of you buy into a team for one or two weeks and you think they're they're the measuring stick or these are the couple measuring sticks. And then they have a scuff like it wasn't long ago. The Bills were left for dead. The Bills were left for dead, and now some people think they're the most dangerous team in football at eight and six and knocking on the door. Like, it, it, you're coming down a home stretch here. We've bitched a lot. Tom Brady's bitched a lot about mediocre football and mm-hmm. backup quarterbacks. But once again, you're coming down the home stretch, and I feel like a lot of people are interested and entertained with the National Football League and trying to figure out who's good, who's not, and what they should get prepared for for January. Yeah, which makes the Christmas weekend at hand for us. You've got, I believe we have some Saturday games again, because why not? And then you've got Christmas, uh, a full Christmas Eve slate, that being Sunday the 24th. There's Christmas Day games as well, which is wild. And I'll be glued to the TV, especially Sunday night. You know, can't miss Pats at Broncos. But look, Dolphins kick the crap out of the Jets as well, even without Tyreek Hill trying to hold on to their grasp of the AFC East crown. The Ravens pretty much dominate defensively the Jags in the rain on Sunday night football. The Jags are in turnaround. Now you have a three-way tie in the AFC South. The Chiefs are going to win the AFC West by default, but they still really don't look right to me. That was far from me. Chiefs-like dominant performance Sunday against the Pats. Cowboys get run over on the road. Hurts, sick. Eagles, struggling. The Lions come back to form and dominate the Broncos. Uh yeah, you've got Minnesota still trying to hang on to a wild card spot. You got Baker Mayfield, only the second quarterback ever, uh, and the first quarterback from a visiting team to have a perfect passer rating at Lambeau Field on Sunday. The highlights and cutups of which are absolutely spectacular. Like if he only th- 
played like that all the time. And uh, the guy would be a starter for certain in the NFL for years to come um, and putting up numbers better than Brady did last year in Tom's final season. AFC West, obviously Seahawks back in the chat. I think the Niners are, mo are the most dominant and certain thing in the league right now for sure. Uh, but you pointed out Buffalo, the surging Buffalo Bills. Some people saying they're the most dangerous team in football. This could sort of maybe I'll just allude back to a certain team five years ago that did something very similar. They decided to pivot to now, obviously, at that particular time, Tom Brady was not playing like Josh Allen is or can right now because he's not the same physical specimen. However, good defense and a powerful running game where you decide we're going to take the fight to you and then the passing game will complement the power running game. That's winning football. This isn't, isn't it? That's December football. Like if the Bills keep playing like this and they've got a winnable schedule, they can get into the playoffs. Would you want to play them if they're playing sound defense, the offensive line is healthy, they're running like hell, and then you always have the wild card of like, all right, F it, Josh, go win the game for us. That last part is the biggest part for me. If you're adding to that, if that's your foundational base for a playoff game and you're adding to that, yeah, I would not want to play the Bills because – I think he's the most difficult player to defend in the NFL right now because there's no, <clears throat> you know, you can look at Lamar Jackson, similar kind of player who can take over a game at any time, but it's speed-based. Whereas mm -hmm. I continue to go back, Josh Allen can beat you any way you force him to beat you with his power running, with his ability mm -hmm. to just flat out run, with his arm, oh, I'm a gunslinger, it, like over you, through you, like the whole thing. And... Now, I don't think the Bills are a great team. The other layer of this is this has happened on Joe Brady's watch. And this has been the the change from Ken Dorsey to Joe Brady. Mm -hmm. And you mention it like Josh McDaniels and his decision to F it. Let's just run the ball. Let's just follow Devlin to success. Follow Devlin. Yes, I'm getting the James Devlin mention in there, the fullback. Yes, it's, it's, it's contractually obligated, everybody. To the promised land. And then every once in a while, hey, Brady, just throw to that Gronk guy when we need a play through the air. If they can do something of that where they're going to run the ball with James Cook and then, hey, every once in a while, I just need you to make a play through the air, Josh, or make a play with your legs. Yeah, that, that can be a difference maker, especially, as you said, in the AFC. I mean, I guess we give the, the Ravens credit for they're a good football team. Like they, they're playing good football. You know, they've avoided the, the Mark Andrews drop off with Isaiah likely kind of coming on and being um, a facsimile or a fill in mm -hmm. or an option making plays uh, fun story there. They continue to just churn through running backs as they always have. Somebody gets hurt and they put somebody else out there and they'll continue to lead the NFL in rushing like they do every year in part mm -hmm. because the quarterback chips in a significant chunk of yardage. Mm -hmm. um, but other than that, <clears throat> Why not? I mean, you can't you're not going to tell me that the Bills aren't capable or better than beating the Browns, the Bengals, the Jags, the who what insert team name here and the Dolphins. I think a lot of people are wondering, do I trust the Dolphins? Like, yeah, Mike McDaniel and this high flying, like fun offense. But if they get punched in the mouth, what do they look like? Literally, like, you know, kind of that you get into a dog fight and it's a physical football game. How do the Dolphins react? So. The uncertainty of this postseason is going to be fun, especially in the AFC, but pretty much across the NFL. Now, I'm not saying that to the nth degree. I do not want a backup Super Bowl. I do not want no, like no. backup QVB versus backup QB. I'd still like in the end to get, I don't know, you know, 49ers bills. You tell me 49ers bills, I'm happy. Right now, currently at 16 to 1 betting odds at FanDuel. 
the Buffalo Bills and the San Francisco 49ers. I would love to see that personally because I think that would be an incredibly entertaining Super Bowl. The best team in the NFL against a team that everyone either wants or doesn't want to see win a Super Bowl who went to four straight in the 1990s and never came home with the VLT. That would be a great that would be a great Super Bowl. I don't know what I don't know what the hell we're going to get either. But that's why it's going to be fun. And thank goodness there's still fun football to watch nationally because we know regionally it hasn't been so joyful. We will break down why it hasn't been so joyful recently and what the latest drama is surrounding the Patriots now sitting at 3 and 11 their season long since over, but you got to play the games. On the latest edition of Six Rings and Football Things coming up here via 2400 Sports Odyssey and WEEI. For Coop, for Hart, this is Fitzy. There's your Week 15 recap in the NFL. And uh, thank you, Seahawks. That was a nice way to cap off a fun week of football. We'll talk to you soon, everybody.